0: Hi, I'm Bearheart.
1: And I'm Kirsten.
0: This is Kirsten over here. Kirsten's all jangly today. Jangle for us, Kirsten. There we go. And behind the camera, we have Ricky. Say hi, Ricky.
1: Hi, Ricky. And
0: welcome to the first episode of, and I have to read it off my screen because I haven't memorized it yet, the International Geek of Mystery Show. In this episode, we're going to talk about Elno. I mean, Elon. Who's that? So uh, not long ago, the prevailing opinion of Elon Musk was that he was the very incarnation of Tony Stark on Earth. Now, especially since he's taken over at Twitter, he's seen more as Thanos than as Tony Stark. Well, the snap actually works because the very day, the first day that he took over at Twitter, he literally made half of Twitter's staff disappear. And that was when people started referring to him as Thanos.
1: What did you call him? Thanos. Or Thanos.
0: Oh, Elno. How did you come up with that one? Well, I don't know. I saw it on the internet someplace. (laughs) It's an anagram of Elon and it sounds kind of like Elmo. And uh, I thought it was cute. So we're going to talk a little about Elon Musk. And this is really very much in the context of him buying and taking over Twitter. Because before that, people had this other impression of him. So if I were to ask you, what is your impression of Elon Musk? What do you think of him? What do you know about Elon Musk? What would you say?
1: I know he's like one of the richest dudes in the world.
0: Yeah, he is that.
1: And he invented the Tesla.
0: That is a common uh, a common impression that he founded the company that created the Tesla car. And it's actually not true.
1: Well, then who was it?
0: Well, that, that's that's a whole other conversation. But this is people's impression of Elon Musk, is that he is this benevolent inventor, and that he invented Tesla cars, and that he invented SpaceX rockets, and that he was a founder of PayPal, and all of these glowing things that people think about Elon Musk. Uh, but the reality is actually quite a bit different. So I want to start this from the perspective of Twitter, because... This is sort of the inflection point in Elon's career, and it's the inflection point in his public image. I saw a, a meme on the internet recently that had him standing next to Kanye West or Yi or whatever we're calling him this week. Yeezy. And Yi Yee is asking him, how did I destroy my image in you know, just a week? And Elon said, hold my beer. Oh my god! Um, because he pretty much destroyed his image in a day.
1: I mean, did you have you always had a, a? I don't know if dislike is the right word, but I mean, you've never been one of Elon Musk's biggest fans. I was a fan. fan. You I were. was a
0: fan. I have one of his cars. I actually have two of his cars. Oh. I have I have two Teslas. Um, one is for me, and one is for my wife. And mine is an is an old. And original. also
1: one for me and. Ricky,
0: right? Well, after we make our first billion dollars Perfect. as a company, then um I'll, I'll definitely get you some company, Tesla's, or more likely there will be a different brand like Fisker or something.
1: Oh, I, I call Prius. She wants get a Prius.
0: Priuses. So you all know, um, you all know I can't hear you, right?
1: Yes, okay, got it.
0: so yeah, i was I was a fan for quite a while, and then I started seeing the cracks in his armor, and that actually predates his purchase of Twitter by a little bit when I started realizing that he's more like Edison than like Tesla. Edison ended up taking credit for a lot of other people's work. And this is also very true of Elon Musk. Elon Musk goes about his business. Put every patent at Tesla has Elon Musk's name at the top of it. And most of those patents, he probably had little or nothing to do with. Other than that and this fact is that he where, was the employer. This is where we can kind of kick off on our story and we can say, who is Elon Musk? You, you're the one who was supposed to ask me this. Here, you ask me.
1: <laughs> you're right. Okay. Who is Elon Musk?
0: Well, that, that's a very good question, Kirsten. I'm really glad you asked me. So Elon Musk grew up in a wealthy family in Pretoria, South Africa. What? This is true.
1: In South Africa? Yes,
0: he is South African.
1: I did not know that.
0: And his family owned emerald mines or were investors in emerald mines. They didn't actually own them by himself. He attended private schools. He attended a prep school in in Pretoria. And then his family sent him off to uh, Canada to continue his education. He was about 18 years old. He landed in Saskatchewan. He eventually went to Queen's University in Ontario And as soon as he could, because this was the plan all along, he got a student visa and transferred to University of Pennsylvania in the United States. The student visa required that he remain in school. And yet he, according to people who knew him at the time, wasn't very studious. He spent most of his time playing video games. And he, And didn't really do that well. And eventually he tried to transfer to Stanford, or he claims to have transferred to Stanford. He actually claims to have transferred to Stanford and gotten a degree from Stanford in physics or something like that. He claims to have a lot of degrees from a lot of different places, none of which check out. And so instead of actually transferring to, to Stanford, he, along with his brother, founded a company in um and without ever really finishing his schooling in the university of pennsylvania and at this point probably on a visa that was no longer valid he started a company in silicon valley with his brother his brother's name is kimball i've got it here in my notes this is 1995 and this company was called zip2 and it was an internet directory company kind of like what Yahoo was at the time, although Yahoo is no longer really like that anymore. I don't know if they even have their directory anymore. Does Yahoo still have their directory? Who knows? You
1: can always check the yellow pages.
0: His his father invested about $20,000 in this company to help them get started. And in 1999, they sold the company. And in the meantime, there'd been some other investors and there'd been some people who had forced him out of leadership and he was no longer president or CEO of the company. But he got $22 million for his part of the company when they exited by being sold to Compaq, a computer company that no longer exists.
1: <laughs> They're dropping like flies well, out well, here. <laughs> you know, this was, this
0: was, this was the, the tech boom. This was the boom right up until 1999. And, and so towards the, I think it was October of 99 when the, the tech crash came. Mm-hmm. And I knew a lot of these people who were flying high. And apparently the Musk's, uh, Kimball and Elon got out just in time, and they made twenty-two million dollars on this sale. And so, with his part of it, Elon decided to start, and and he actually was involved. Elon actually was involved in writing the code. We don't know to what extent, but he was actually inviting involved in writing the code for Zip2. And so, he took this money and he founded a new company called X.com. And this was at a time when you could still get domain names like that. <laughs> I have my BW.org. domain name that I got in 95, you can't get two-letter or one-letter domain names anymore. Nope. And so they got X.com, and he tried to do a bunch of different things with it, and he eventually settled on creating the first federally insured online bank. And in order to make this happen with a minimum of regulation, he purchased a majority share in a very small bank in Washington state that I think had one branch and about five employees. But it was it was federally chartered, and that's what he needed was the federal charter for his bank. Down the road, this company got this x.com got bought out by a company called Cofinity, which eventually changed their name to PayPal. Ah
1: uh, and I see where you're going with this. In
0: 2002, Musk exited PayPal, he got bought out. I, I think this might have had to do with the sale of, of PayPal, um, when eBay bought PayPal at one point. And I think this is about when that happened. And Elon Musk got $176 million for his part of it. So that brings us up to 2002 or so. During this time, he became fascinated with Mars. And he's still very fascinated with Mars. We all know this about Elon Musk. Maybe he loves that's where Mars. he came from. You say he South Africa. That, well... I mean, you can read a lot into this. You can read the whole Venus and Mars thing into it because he is one of these aggressively masculine men, as I think is the way that I would put it. So he became fascinated with Mars with all of its symbology of war and destruction and the chariots. So he decided that he wanted to go to Mars because this is what a crazy-ass billionaire does. And he... and. And some people that he knew from the State Department in the U.S. went to Russia to try and purchase a ballistic missile. For what? Apparently to go to Mars. And they were not successful. And Shocker. so Elon being Elon, he said, okay, well, I'm going to start a company and we'll develop rockets. And this was the beginning of what was originally called Space Exploration, Inc., which is now most commonly known as SpaceX. Right. And again, full disclosure, I have a uh, Starlink um, satellite dish on my roof, which uh, is developed and sold by SpaceX. So they do great things. I mean... The car, my Tesla car. I love my car, mm-hmm. and it gets these software updates that make it like feel like a new car every every few months. It's like a smartphone on wheels. I call it. It's actually a really, really brilliant thing. The only part of this that's not brilliant is Elon Musk claiming to have done the engineering on it, which he did not. And we'll get to that. You know, he claims to have these degrees in physics. And he goes on and on about how a physics degree is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And he does not have a degree in physics. There is no record anywhere of him having ever been awarded a degree in physics. And when he goes on and tries to explain physics to people, and there's lots of videos you can find on the internet of him explaining principles of physics. And for anybody who knows a little bit about physics, which is me, I know a little bit about physics. I know maybe high school physics, maybe, just maybe a say. little bit of college physics. But when Elon Musk describes his concepts of physics, they all sound to me and to anybody I've ever talked to who actually has a physics degree, I know several of them, it just sounds like a lot of doublespeak. It sounds like a lot of technical word salad, I think, would be the way to put it.
1: So when you say that there's no record, have you gone out and looked for these records yourself?
0: There was a lawsuit when he... I'm trying to remember exactly when this happened. I think this might have had to do with the sale of Zip2, or it may have had to to do with something to do with um, X.com. But there was a lawsuit, and there's been plenty of lawsuits, (laughs) where they managed to make his claims of having a degree part of the lawsuit and they did discovery and they tried and tried and tried to find any degree that he had. And at that point, the University of Pennsylvania produced a what's called a blank degree. It's a degree that doesn't say what it's a degree for. It says that it's a Bachelor of Arts, and it says it in Latin, Bachelorum of (laughs) Artems.
1: That was brilliant Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I
0: have a degree in it. (laughs) He claims that it's a degree in what he calls computational physics. And the University of Pennsylvania does not and never has had a Degree in computational physics. But in fact, University I'm not sure anybody does. I'm not even sure I know what that means. Computational University
1: physics. of Pennsylvania are the ones that provided the degree. They provided like they, this blank for the discovery. degree,
0: and you know, apparently he's donated a lot of money to them or oh, something. Okay. I mean, I don't really know. The was details his name about. on it? It has his name okay. on it, and but Step it, one. but other than that, it's it's pretty much blank. It says it says B A, and that's about it.
1: More like B S.
0: Yeah. Well. Da-da. It's not a science degree, but yeah, I get that. Ugh. So, y- y- Ruin the joke. You know the, the old expression, um, um, BS, MS, and PhD stands for bullshit, more shit, and piled high and deep?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that one.
0: So the story goes on. SpaceX, of course, ended up with some big government contracts before they had ever actually flown a rocket. And then they started trying to fly rockets and the rockets crashed and burned and crashed and burned and crashed and burned. Again, Elon wasn't actually involved in the engineering of the rockets. He hired some brilliant engineers and he pissed them off royally by insisting on getting his fingers into everything and insisting on telling everybody how to do their job and all that bullshit that we hear about in connection with Twitter. And it turns out he's been like this all along.
1: And we're just now figuring it out. Urge Apparently. Is now coming to light. Apparently.
0: And so his big, brilliant engineers quit early on, ended up hiring more. And eventually, the government was getting tired of him blowing up rockets on their dime. And as the story goes, he had poured all of his money into it. And at the same time, Tesla was burning money and he had invested in Tesla. He did not found Tesla. We'll get to that in a moment. And they finally had a rocket that launched successfully. And SpaceX has gone on to be incredibly successful, and it's very, very impressive what they do. They And I have a a little bit of experience in this from my time at NASA. They launch rockets, and the booster section of those rockets, which is the most difficult section to build, the most difficult section to contain, and the section that always gets dumped afterwards, they've managed to reuse those. They they are actually making reusable booster rockets, wow. which is unheard of, and it is a masterful technical achievement.
1: Are the boosters the one that fall off? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you're you're used to seeing um, space shuttles launch, probably, mm-hmm. and the space shuttle's got a big one in the middle and a couple at the sides right? And those are all boosters. The big one is the main booster. Okay. And it, it's called the booster because it's what boosts it out of the Earth's gravity well. But these SpaceX rockets, they reuse them. The module at the top, the payload or whatever, separates away. And then the booster falls back to Earth, turns itself around, fires again, and lands on a target. And at first they were landing them on land and now what they do, even more impressively, is they land them on barges at sea, oh. which is safer and a lot more challenging because <laughs> the barge needs to line up right. and the rocket needs to line up and it needs to land. And like the first few like fell over and exploded because um, they're all full of rocket fuel, you know, um, and it's burning. And, but now they actually land them and routinely. And they've been able to reuse the fairings. They've been able to reuse all kinds of different parts of these rockets, which is very, very impressive. And none of this was part of Elon's original vision. At some point, he may, be, may have been involved in some of these visions. I don't know. He's obviously got some neurodivergence of some sort that may make him very creative, but it also makes him pretty damn wacko. <laughs> so we'll talk about Tesla a little bit. Tesla was already going uh, when he came along and he saw that, that he, he liked their vision, their vision of making electric cars. Elon himself was always a car nut. He always had lots of fast, exotic cars and enjoyed driving them really fast and getting tickets and paying off judges. Are there or records whatever of those? Did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's records of all that stuff. And the idea for an electric car, I think, uh, attracted him for a lot of reasons. He probably is as environmentalist as he claims to be in that he had this vision of, of, of transitioning the earth you know, away from fossil fuels, which I think is a great idea. And it's part of the reason that I originally looked at getting a Tesla. I drive it because it's fun. But I mean, my idea originally was, and I also have solar at my house. I'm, I'm actually 100% carbon neutral here i I like that part of him that apparently really cares about the environment, although I'm not sure it's so much caring about the environment I mean it's hard to read the guy um, more often than not, I just wish he would go to Mars to get
1: candy bars
0: the the idea that anybody in in the next hundred years is going to be able to live on Mars is Pretty outrageous, um, and we can talk about that in another time. <laughs> the things that right would down. be required in order for that to happen—water, um, temperature control, um, and, you know, environmental controls, clean air—all those things are huge, huge challenges. If you want to be self-sufficient, you don't want to be relying constantly on more rockets you know coming up from earth and supplying you with air and water and food and all of that. So that whole idea is a little bit out there. <laughs> you get it out there? Out
1: there. <laughs> Does he did he say something about wanting to live on Mars? Oh,
0: he definitely wants to live on Mars. He he has predicted that he will live he will die on Mars. That he will live to see humans colonizing Mars and that he will be part he wants to be part of the first um, the, the, the he's been fast, he's been obsessed with Mars well, for a very very long time I, and, hope I mean for you know, his you sake. notice that he's not he's not talking about any of the other planets or any of the other moons or satellites you know a lot of the, the satellites of Jupiter probably have more potential for for sustaining human life than Mars does. Mars is a pretty damn barren place there's moons of Jupiter that definitely have water and you know on Mars we're like trying to find any anything resembling water still. So anyway, um, SpaceX has been very successful at that. Tesla has been very successful at creating really awesome electric cars. And Elon Musk definitely has his fingers in that pie. As an early investor in Tesla, he ended up with a large amount of stock, which once Tesla started turning a profit, which did not happen in their first 10 years, but the last few years, they've been turning a profit. The value of Elon Musk's stock has made him, I believe, the richest man in the world.
1: The richest? I thought he was just one of the like top three or top five. or
0: At least the richest in America, but, de- but um, I'm not sure if it's the richest in the world. Definitely the richest in America. The stock market's a crazy thing. And we'll talk about this in another episode as well. The stock market boomed during the pandemic, which nobody expected. And it happened for a number of reasons, a lot of which had to do with the fact that people were sitting at home buying shit because they weren't leaving their homes and there weren't a whole lot. And we have the internet, it's this confluence of things that happened, people sitting at home, having the internet and being bored as shit. And so the economy, especially the online retail economy, which includes... Um, Amazon, and of course includes Apple, and of course includes Tesla, because Tesla's cars are purchased online.
1: I just did a quick Google search, and it does say that Elon Musk is the... Richest man in the world with a net worth of two hundred and three billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, so. and, and it was higher.
0: It was higher um, at the beginning of this year, and 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 it's dropped a lot since then. And and so that ha- that had something to do with his purchasing of Twitter. He decided, and this is where his facade started to crack, because as a champion of the environment. He was a darling of the political left. People who think like I do, I would consider myself today politically left. I used to consider myself politically center. Mm -hmm. And everything has moved so far to the right that that has become like the (laughs) radical left.
1: You had to like balance it out by Um,
0: (laughs) scooching over. And so a lot of us saw Elon Musk as being an ally. And then he started getting really, really crazy. The first sign that I saw of it was when... There was a kid trapped in a well in Thailand.
1: Is this an episode of Lassie?
0: No, <laughs> I like that though. <laughs> Timmy
1: fell in the well. Yeah, t-
0: Timmy, Timmy, help! <laughs> oh, we're getting a a, uh, a delivery here. I can't reach it. It didn't. It didn't go far enough. Uh, but we're getting a delivery here. Um, you're seeing the, the back of the disembodied voice, the, the back of the head of the disembodied voice. Of, <laughs> this is a, um, a not to scale model of my Tesla, which is a Model X. I purchased it, it's been almost six years. It's been about six years and I still love this car. It's, it's just a blast to drive. And, and Rose, my wife has a Model 3 and she loves it. In some ways the Model 3 is even more fun to drive than the Model X. It's Doesn't half the it go price. 0
1: to 60 quicker?
0: Yes, but that's not really it cuz you know who really needs quicker than uh, my Model X. NASCAR X's, drivers. My my yeah, well NASCAR drivers. Yeah, my Model X will do 0 to 60 in about I think 3.9 seconds. The Model 3 I think does it in 2.9 seconds. It's not the performance version which will do it even faster. But what's fun about the Model Three is it's so low to the ground, and its center of gravity is below your seat, mm-hmm. and so it's literally it's like driving a slot car. I don't know if a you remember car? slot cars. What'd you call me? <laughs> um, yeah, is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> I
1: don't know. I'm not one of the kids, nor am so I. Imagine with my a peers. car
0: that's attached to a slot in the road. Mm. And so we used to have these little model slot cars. When I was a kid, my dad would take us to the slot car place, and we would race these slot cars, and they had these tracks, these crazy tracks, and these cars go really, really fast. They had little electric motors in them, and they were all on these slots, and they called them slot cars. That's the the feeling of driving the Model 3. You turn it, and it goes, and it doesn't, it doesn't even stop and think about Mm -hmm. it. It's just, it's really a lot of fun to drive. So I don't remember where it was. With you were all of talking
1: this. about Timmy fell in the well.
0: Yeah, right. So, so this Thai kid, who I presume was not named Timmy, right? He he fell in a well, or he got trapped in. It was it wasn't a well so much as it was like this space between pools of water, but it was under. Yeah, it was very hard to get to, and he was trapped. And so the whole world got very involved, and and the U.S. was sending things and. And Elon Musk decided that he would have his engineering team build a remote controlled submarine that would get in there and rescue the kid. And he went to Thailand and it was like a whole PR photo op thing. And it did work. It did work. But along the way, there was another American engineer who was there. And Elon Musk started calling him a child molester. And there was absolutely no reason for him to do this, except for the fact that he was in Thailand. And I presume it has something to do with the sex trade in Thailand, which it's kind of famous for. And he just, you know, he refused to back down and it was really, really weird. And it very much echoed the talking points of the right wing, the American right wing political environment where um, they have like these uh, conspiracy theories about a pizza parlor where they're doing sex trafficking out the back door and all of this stuff. And I started to think, hmm, Elon Musk is not playing entirely with a full deck. His elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. He's not firing on all cylinders. a couple not of the, French fries short of a happy meal.
1: I was gonna say, not the <laughs> brightest crayon in the box.
0: Not the sharpest pencil in the box either. I was gonna say, not the sharpest <laughs> tool in the shed. <laughs> Little Smash Mouth. So, yeah, he, he may not be he 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 may not be what we all thought he was, which was Tony Stark. He may be something what else.
1: A disappointment.
0: And then he became, at some point, he became obsessed with Twitter, and he became obsessed with this right wing vision of free speech which allow, which involves allowing people to say whatever they want, no matter how harmful it is towards other people. And I'm just going to say right off the top, any freedom without responsibility is not freedom. It's adolescence. All of our freedoms have limits. I'm free to say what I want. I'm free to do what I want. As long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. Right. Right?
1: It's kind of like the do no harm, but take no shit kind of thing?
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, as long as you don't lose the do not harm part. And I think what a lot of the right wing has done is they've taken that um, take no shit without the do no harm. It's like everybody for themselves, and this is that, they call it libertarian, but it's really bullshit. When you have a society that's everybody for themselves, the only people that are really going to survive are the bullies. This seems to be part of what Elon's Vision for Twitter has become. And so on the... Originally, he got all mad at Twitter because, I don't know, they were censoring his speech and they weren't letting him say some of the wacky, crazy shit that he wanted to say. Was this after
1: he purchased Twitter or before?
0: Before. And this is what made him want to purchase Twitter. Got it. Was that he didn't like how they were treating him and his friends. And his friends, it turns out, are mostly very far-right political figures. People like Peter Thiel, who uh, was uh, another one of the early investors in PayPal. Andy Ngo, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his last name right, who is just obsessed with painting Antifa as some sort of a terrorist organization, when they are neither a terrorist nor an organization. And um, these are the people who are advising Elon, it would appear uh, because they'll say something and Elon will then go and adopt that uh, opinion and do it like in recent. And and I have an article here in.
1: It's giving more Illuminati to me as opposed to this being like (laughs) political, like a political agenda. It just sounds like he's in the pledge phase where he's he's got to get. Embarrassed and do a bunch of weird stuff to like <laughs> be, be initiated.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like a, a rite of initiation that involves yeah. some sort of humiliation. I used to have that theory about uh, Donald Trump. I used to say jokingly, although uh, who knows, that Donald Trump was actually a submissive and his Dom. Um, would tell him to say all this ridiculous, crazy shit in public, and and, and that this was <laughs> this explained the ridiculous, crazy shit that he used to say in oh public. Oh my gosh! So there's an article in that dropped today on the internet in the Intercept, and so you can find this article whenever in the future it is that you're watching this, and you'll know the very date that we recorded this, where it talks about the fact that. On Elon's Twitter, he has been restoring the accounts that had been suspended before he bought it. And these are accounts that have been suspended for inciting violence or um, for racist or anti-Semitic speech and things like this that were against the, the terms of service of Twitter. And in silencing, in, in, restoring those people, he has also been suspending some of the very left-wing voices. And those left-wing voices that he's been suspending are all voices that have been targeted by this Andy Nose. And it would appear that these are the people who are advising him. So I, I wanna talk a little bit about the, the drama of him purchasing because it was a very, it just rang as a very whimsical thing that he never really expected to get called on it and so he offered to buy it for an amount that included 420 which is one of his favorite numbers
1: childish
0: <laughs> he uses a lot of terms from like mel brooks's spaceballs movie yeah his his uh, uh, the the highest performance version of the mo- the tesla model s is called plaid mode so i mean a lot of stuff you know attracts the geek in me the geek in me that wears a shirt it said, I had friends on that Death Star. This is in solidarity with the, <laughs> <laughs> with, with the, uh, what do they call them, the the stormtroopers. You did not just say, what do they call them? Just tossed aside and killed in the destruction of the Death Star. And so it says, I had friends on the Death Star. Me too. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. I know. It's, it, it's, it's very, very sad. So Elon decided to per- purchase... Twitter on what was apparently a whim. And then he, he realized that he really didn't want to spend $44 billion on Twitter and he tried to get out of it by claiming that they had misled him about how many bots were on Twitter. And anybody who uses Twitter as much as Elon Musk does, which is more than I do and I use Twitter a lot, anybody who uses Twitter that much knows that 8 out of 10 maybe worse of all of the accounts on Twitter are bots and spam.
1: What? News to and me. So, I thought I was making real connections with these so people. So Ricky over
0: here is nodding because Kerricky, as I call the, their their combined brain run my social media for me.
1: We share one brain cell. And we it just transfers cell. back it's, and it's forth.
0: It's just one brain cell. Whoever's turn it is
1: that <laughs> yep. day. We transfer it like Apple Pay. Yeah, you know know how you
0: Right. Go, Boop. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> but there's no way he didn't know the, the problem of spam and bots that Twitter has had. But he tried to use that as an excuse to get out of it. A federal judge said, nope, you made the commitment. You got to put it up the money. And so he ended up owning Twitter. And... He made it into a big joke from the very beginning. He fired half their staff on the first day. He fired a lot more of them in the days that followed. He ended up with a skeleton staff, not realizing how many people and how much work it takes to run a social media site. So here's the thing about social media that I understand, you know, please pipe in, cause y'all understand social media. And when I say y'all, I mean, Kariqi. Us young folk. Y- yeah, you, you young young purdy folk. Youngsters. Yos. You understand social media a Whippers, lot better than snappers. I do. But from my perspective, what social, the, the business of social media is the sale of what I call eyeballs. And in, in, in the advertising business, it's always been called eyeballs. When you buy advertising, in, you know, from in my day, buy advertising in a newspaper, or on a cable channel or whatever, you're paying for eyeballs. And in the, in the case of social media, the eyeballs are the people who are doom scrolling in the middle of the night or doing whatever it is that they do. And this makes you the product. When you are viewing, and and those of you who are viewing this on YouTube right now, you are the product and the customer is the advertiser. And so because the customer is the advertiser, the advertiser has an image and they're gonna wanna be associated with some things and they're gonna not wanna be associated with other things, right? And most advertisers, with a very few exceptions, Do not want to be associated with um, hate speech, um, anti-Semitism, racism, inciting to violence, those kinds of things that were against the terms of service of Twitter. Why were they against the terms of service of Twitter? Not because Twitter was a nice guy. I have this philosophy, which we'll talk about in another episode, that a business is an organism that eats money and shits products and services beautiful analogy and truly that organism does not you will not find anywhere in that description morality morality does not work into it businesses they they have an image to present that is not because it aligns with any particular morality but because it gets them the most food that food being money and you're just like any organism an organism is going to evolve to uh, to grow and Divide and do whatever it is the biological imperative tells it to do, and in the case of businesses, that biological imperative is more money, and so the business of social media is to sell eyeballs. But there are some eyeballs that the customers want, and some eyeballs that the customers really don't want because it doesn't fit with their image, and it doesn't it makes the the more eyeballs hate them, right? <laughs> And, and so really, this is what the terms of service of these various social media companies are about. They're not about some dark um, cabal of political uh, agenda, people who are saying, you know, we don't like the right wing, we like the left wing. No, they're, it's about the, the customer, the advertisers want, particular eyeballs and they don't want other eyeballs. And so other social media sites will pop up like Gab or you know, whatever the other ones are, the right-wing ones, and they'll have their customer base of their advertisers who like those kinds of eyeballs. And the other more mainstream sites are going to have the ones that like the larger pool of eyeballs, which... The right-wing doesn't want to believe it, but the country has been becoming more left-wing as I have. Not so much because my ideology has shifted, but more because the right-wing has moved so far right, it makes us all look like the radical left. In any event, this ideology, this this not-ideology that looks like an ideology, is what informs the customers, the advertisers, which eyeballs it is that they're interested in purchasing. So... Elon Musk ended up buying this thing and he 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 immediately started doing the things that make it hard for his advertisers, for his customers to remain his customers. And now he is all pissed off because those customers are leaving him and he's like ranting about it and how it's this left wing conspiracy and all of this shit. And that's where we are today, where Elon Musk is no longer Tony Stark and he is now Thanos. I rest so, my case.
1: I was just about to say, I love your passion <laughs> about this topic, and I feel like that's going to be the theme, no matter what we're talking about. It's going to be something that you're passionate about. I am not as emotionally invested in this specific topic, um, but is the moral of the story. <laughs> Elon Musk, who we used to think of as a Tony Stark, is now Thanos. That's just hook, line, sinker,
0: moral of the story. You know, I could call that the bottom line. So I don't look at it from the perspective, oh, democracy is doomed like this. Although I do see that it's threatened and I do see shades of fascism that, as a Jew, makes me want to sleep with one eye open. But the theater of it is just so hilarious. And seeing somebody blow 44 billion dollars on something and then set out to destroy the very thing that he spent all that money on is really that's some high drama right there. I mean, I could write a movie about that and nobody would believe me.
1: <laughs> well, so with him not being who you thought he was, who you who we all thought he was, whoever else is invested in this ongoing travesty, quite obviously, this is going to sound like a therapy session, but how does it make you feel that he turned out to be somebody completely different than the person that inspired you? That he became the very thing
0: he sought out to destroy. Ooh, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me personally, betrayal is is always a button pusher for me. There's few things that make me more passionately angry than betrayal, and I certainly feel betrayed. I have this very, very expensive car in my garage. I was an early adopter, as they say. For those of you listening to this on your AirPods, I'm making air quotes when I say early adopter. <laughs> um, so I, I spent more on that car than it would cost to buy that car today. Right. And at the time, I was like, okay, I'm doing a good thing because I'm helping them build a better future on um, this less dependent on fossil fuels and all, and all of that is still true, mm-hmm. uh, because Tesla, the company, will outlive Elon Musk. Whether it's his Tesla or they get bought out by a bigger fish, or you know whatever it turns out to be, um, these cars are fabulous, and people will continue to buy them. And whatever form this eventually takes, because I've lived long enough to know that. The form that it's in today is not the form that it will be in for 10 years from now. And that will continue. And so in that way, I feel, you know, ambivalent because I made an investment and it seems to be working out. Mm-hmm. As far as Elon Musk personally, I mean, I used to be sort of a champion of him as this sort of genius, uh, visionary mind. And I have now pulled back the, the curtain and the Wizard of Oz is just this crazy little old guy like moving all these controls and uh... And, so a little disappointment. <laughs> yeah,
1: raise your hand if you feel personally yeah. victimized.
0: Ignore the, by oh, Elon is that Musk? line from The Wizard of Oz, Ignore that man, that little man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that's turned out to be kind of you know what Elon Musk is. But instead
1: and, of ignoring him, you've just jumped down the rabbit well, hole into I've, discovering. I've
0: always felt the same way about Thomas Edison, and so I see Elon Musk more as Edison in this story, in that he lives off the backs of other people's inventions he finds a way to promote himself to the point where he can eventually cash in on all of that talent that works for him. And, you know, I mean, I cash in on your talent. I mean, (laughs) we all, anybody who's in business hires people and and I I try to take care of y'all well. And I I get the impression that y'all are happy with how I do that. But Edison and Elon Musk have done this in a way that has really exploited the talent of these other people. Elon Musk is notorious for breaking unions and not treating his people well, you know, forcing them to work through the pandemic, denying the pandemic. And so that offends me on a personal basis. And the fact that, you know, I, I thought I, I thought I knew the guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, isn't that just the old story, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ricky taught me about parasocial relationships. And so a lot of us feel like that that should be another episode right there. So in a perfect world... How would all of this Elon Musk drama? So, say this was—you know—you said the drama, the theater of it all. It gets to the end of the show. What in in your world? What would you want to see happen? Uh, Are you, you looking know, If I was for writing
0: this novel, an apology because, or oh, oh, I, <laughs> no, compensation. No, no,
1: that's- You are entitled
0: to financial compensation. Oh, I'm entitled to financial compensation for paying for autopilot, which is never gonna happen. Um, (laughs) But no, first of all, I believe we are in a perfect world. And this is is like a whole other conversation. I am very much an optimist. And I don't believe that our, our world is flawed. I think humans are flawed and that's a lot of what makes the world beautiful. But if I were writing the novel, because we're really looking at this more of as, uh, as a drama. Mm-hmm. If I were writing the novel, you know, how does a novel like this end, mm-hmm. right? Right, <laughs> You exactly. know, there's got to be twists and turns, and, you know, there's like another twist, and he's not even who you thought you were, he, you, you thought he was after you figured out who you days thought he of was, our wasn't. lives. And, and, you know, there's more twists and there's more turns and the girlfriend ends up dead. Well, cause that happens in all the novels, of right? Of course.
1: And then the twin sister, you know, the, it turns out
0: that the twin sister, you know, or the twin brother or, you know, and eventually you get to the end and the hero of the story, which is always me, rides off into the sunset. And I just realized I'm not wearing my hat. Uh-uh. I just did this whole thing without my hat. You did. So y'all have seen my bald head. I'm not sure if I'm okay with that.
1: I thought you just wanted to be like real and raw with all no, of no, your no, people I forgot. for your y'all first episode. Y'all need to remind me I'm
0: supposed to be wearing my hat during these things. But apparently this episode, because this was so much fun and we're not going to do it over again.
1: Why not? Uh, I will kill myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to do this one with my bald ass damn head. We love that for you. <laughs> just
1: out here <laughs> in the air with that
0: baldness. So this has been a lot of fun, folks. I I hope we all have a better idea of who Elon Musk is. Perhaps we have a better idea of who I am. I know we have a better idea of who Kirsten is. I'm going to sign off with, um, I'm still learning this one sign from American Sign Language, but I'm pretty sure it goes like this. All done. Jazz hands. This podcast is copyright 2023 by the Bearheart Group, LLC. Bearheart Labs is a brand of the Bearheart Group, and our podcasts are produced at our studios here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Our podcast producer is Rikiana Denning, a.k.a. Ricky. Our co-host and hardworking administrator is Kirsten Hilgendorf, and I'm Bearheart. On behalf of all of us here at Bearheart Labs, thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope to have you back again soon. <laughs>